Running is a way to get more connected to our own bodies, and also each other. John G. aims to explore, connect, and give back by crafting comfortable, responsibly produced running apparel, guided by the places we run and the people we meet. And because John G. works with artists and communities globally, they identify and partner directly with local water nonprofits, working on clean water solutions, with each new country their collections pay tribute to. Learn more at johnji.com and get 15% off your next order of Johnji with code SEXOUTSIDE at checkout. You're listening to a Sex Outside Nature Quickie, a short five-minute dive into a specific practical topic about our bodies and the outdoors. I'm Laura Borshevsky. Sex on a river trip is amazing, and it can be so, so good. And it can also be something completely new for people. So I think like setting yourself up for success as much as possible is great. Springtime is in full swing, which for a lot of folks who love the water might also mean river trips. Multiple days out on the river can be invigorating, refreshing, and also a situation that, especially if you have a vagina, can be ripe with opportunity for bodily discomfort. Fortunately, there's Tess McEnroe. She's a professional river guide with tons of experience out on the water and knows firsthand how to navigate reproductive hygiene while you're out there. A lot of these things are really preventative if you're prioritizing good hygiene whenever you're outside, especially on a river trip. I asked Tess to join this nature quickie because, honestly, the consequences of not taking care of our reproductive parts isn't talked about enough. And while it might seem like these proactive measures are small and simple enough that they perhaps don't matter, the reality is that not attending to your body's needs on a trip can be a serious pain. I think it matters because if you don't, then you can be really uncomfortable really fast. You know, you're in the backcountry or at least, you know, a solid amount of travel time to a doctor or something. And especially if you're on a multi-day trip or overnight, bathing and hygiene out there is really, really important. And of course, it depends on your environment or the landscape, whether it's desert or high alpine forests, for example, and the different kinds of river environments and rules, if you will. But taking a bath, I think, is one of the best things you can do for yourself physically and mentally for your hygiene. Bathing regularly is something that can help a lot with making sure your entire body stays clean. And to Tessa's point, depending on what environment you're recreating in, there are different practices for what's considered most environmentally conscious when it comes to washing off. In alpine forest areas, it's a common practice to take any dedicated shower or bath at least 200 feet away from other natural water sources like creeks or lakes, unless you know that you're permitted to swim in them for a quick dunk. Rivers and waterways in the desert are usually a much different story. Where the water flows at higher volumes, it's typically a responsible practice to wash off in the river directly. If you have questions about bathing prior to any river trip you plan to take, Consult with others who are going with you or contact the local public lands office that stewards the surrounding area to ask for more information. In short, rinsing off whenever possible, even if you're already getting splashed with waves all day, can help a lot. But just as important as it is to wash off, it's equally important to get dry. The moisture factor is also a really important thing, right? You're wet all the time, you're in and out of the water in these kind of like extreme conditions sometimes. And 
like whenever you can get yourself dry or air it out, put on a river skirt or loose shorts or a sarong or something and get your situation dry down there because that feels really good too, to put on like cotton or something at the end of the day that isn't wet and that'll help you avoid yeast infections and all those other uncomfortable potentials. Okay, so washing, drying, those are some basics that will keep you feeling clean. But what about going to the bathroom? If you're new to overnight river trips, this is something that a lot of folks with vaginas aren't always mentally prepared for, which can lead to some, let's say, interesting spur-of-the-moment decision-making that impacts your overall reproductive hygiene, too. People sometimes, if they're not as comfortable in that setting, will just be like, oh, I'll just pee in my shorts. It's just one day. I'm, you know, maybe a little tentative about going to use the river as the restroom to go pee or whatever. And peeing in your shorts is probably the worst thing you can do anytime, anywhere. But it's an important thing to do, especially out there when you're not close to home and all your normal bathroom situation. If you are at all surprised by bathing in the river, I'm guessing you're super surprised by taking your pee break in the river too. But again, for folks who have mostly been recreating in alpine forest environments, it's important to know that the desert high-volume river environments at or above about 500 CFS, that's cubic feet per second, are a different story when it comes to urination. You don't want to pee on shore because then it starts to smell like a litter box when that bakes in camp year after year, person after person. And so we always say, you know, number one in the river and always, you know, number two in the groover or whatever your toilet situation is that you're packing out. But peeing in the river is really a lot easier, but really, really intimidating to people at first, especially if you have a vagina, you're, you know, probably having to take down your shorts because the other option is peeing in your shorts, which you don't want to do. So I always say face your audience. You know, you can go be discreet, but if you put your butt facing the river and you face the shore, then you do your thing, make sure it goes into the water and dilutes and everything. And when Tess says into the water, she means into the water. No wet sand peeing, please, as the river is not able to dilute that urine as effectively and it can lead to bacteria buildup and potentially cause algae or other adverse environmental impacts on the riverbank. But to her point about being anxious about privacy, This is completely common with folks who are new to group river trips or times where there are lots of other recreationalists around. And as someone with ample experience navigating these kinds of trips, Tess has some thoughts to share on how to create more privacy when it feels like there isn't any to be found. Another really important thing to think about I also want to mention is that privacy is given, especially when we're on a river trip or in an outdoor travel setting. If somebody's looking at you while you're using the bathroom, then that's definitely their problem. And it might feel like your problem, but really they are the ones who should be looking away and giving you privacy. And so I think it's important to establish that with the group you're traveling with as well. And I would hope that everybody would be on board with that statement of giving privacy and respect. Okay, so you've heard a lot about the basics on reproductive hygiene when you're on the river. But what about sex? Whether you're alone or with a partner, it's something that on an overnight trip might seem super appealing. And according to Tess, you'd be right about that, which is why she has some thoughts on how you can feel prepared to manage your hygiene both before and after things get a little steamy. First of all, sex on a river trip is amazing and it can be so, so good. 
And it can also be something completely new for people. So I think like setting yourself up for success as much as possible is great. Whether that's like what's in your sleep kit, if you're with a partner, you know, having like a really nice ground tarp to keep the sand and dirt kind of like as your little bedroom area. I think finding a spot is also really important. Somewhere where you feel comfortable, private, away from the group or, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, but kind of finding your own little secluded, beautiful spot to have sex or whatever it is you're going to do with your partner or by yourself, you know, it's just nice to have a good sleep kit. And then in terms of like hygiene and stuff, I think the best thing you could do is skinny dip. I'm just like massive pro skinny dipper before and after, you know, it just kind of sets you in this like naked, beautiful state. And it also is clean. You know, it gets you clean. If you're having a really sandy day, even after you took a bath, take a little skinny dip before you go lay on your nice bed that you set up with your person. And skinny dipping after is really nice too, because then you can go down the river and pee, you can rinse off, you can kind of do all those things you might do after sex in your home or another setting and just also reconnect with the water and go back to your beautiful sleep kit and and enjoy your you know naked dry time under the stars it's pretty great so yeah i'm I'm a big fan of the skinny dip to our point earlier about privacy it can always be given on the river But with the potential for close quarters, sometimes privacy might accidentally not be given, if you know what I mean. So, aside from being mentally prepared, what happens if your private sex time becomes a little less private than you planned? I think it's also one of those things where if you end up in a compromised situation or maybe you're embarrassed or something, if something happens or whatever, it's also like, laugh it off. That just gives you more experience. And if you're able to like find some humor in it afterwards, then it's usually just a good story. Thanks for tuning into this Sex Outside Nature Quickie. And a huge thanks to Tess McEnroe for joining us for this episode. For more information to continue your research, click through our show notes and check out our other resources. You can find more from Tess on Instagram at Tess McEnroe and follow along with us at Sex Outside Pod for more action between episodes. Music is by Calica. I'm Laura Brzezewski. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time.